What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's get it going on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, a part of the Fanside Podcasting Network and ArrowheadAttic.com. I'm your host, Rylan Stiles, and joining me as always is my co-host, Sterling Holmes of ESPN Kansas City and 810 Sports. Sterling, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, you know. It's a lovely day. The storms that were supposed to hit have not hit yet. I put mulch in my garden and I think I'm going to drink some Trulies tonight. So all things considered, a pretty good Thursday. So I've been, you know, I've got a new job at Locked on Thunder, so that I've been trying to get on board with that, get ready for Monday's show. If you like basketball, go ahead and, and check out Locked on Thunder. Uh, but I've also been sitting back and watching Ozark on Netflix. I, I dove into the series this week, and it's been fast. I never thought that I'd like the show, but it's been fascinating. I've loved the show so far. I want to know, you have the pulse, you have your finger on the pulse of Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas, everything like that. Do people in Missouri like Ozark, or do they think it's pretty offensive? To be honest, I loved it. Uh, I haven't watched the the full third season, only a couple episodes. I'm from Overland Park, Leewood. I'm from that area, so mm-hmm. we've grown up here. It's where I've been. They rip on Overland Park and Leewood in, in a couple of the episodes, you know, calling them soft or something like yeah. that. And I, I think it's hilarious. And, and I think Ozark, I don't know if it's, you know, that backwoods as they want to say, but there are some parts of, you know, down there that, that, that can be. You know, they, they get Party Cove pretty, uh, you know, right on the nose, it seems like. I think they do a pretty good job with it, to be honest. Oh, and by the yeah, way. I, I've loved the show. Congratulations on, you know, the, the new gig. But I used to work for the Sixers. We have a little, uh little rivalry going now don't we oh yeah i I didn't know you were the sixers man over here yeah i worked for the sixers for a couple years what the break down ben simmons jump shot oh (laughs) nothing to break down that's about as good as michael kidd gilchrist oh gosh it's not that bad because he just doesn't shoot that's why it's not that bad uh, but, but yeah, I've enjoyed o- uh, Ozark a lot. I'm I'm like halfway through season three, so I'm almost totally caught up. Uh, and you know, whenever I go and, and visit Kansas City and Kansas, I stay right around that area, Olathe, in there. So I, I don't really know anything about actually in Ozark, but I, I could see like some demographic of people being really like offended that that Netflix could dare portray them that way. But I'm with you. If if Netflix made a series about some small town in Oklahoma, I wouldn't care. I mean, it's probably accurate, so that's fine. Uh, but Dude, I ripped, was just thinking about that the other day. Ripped on Park. It ripped on Overland <laughs> Park. I live here. You know what? <laughs> Screwed. It's funny. I think it's funny. It's a really good show. I didn't think that I'd enjoy it, but I have so far. Uh, but as you can tell that we spent five minutes on Ozark and basketball, there's not a lot 
in Chiefs Kingdom to talk about today, so this will probably be a quick show. However, every time we say that, it goes for like another hour or so. Uh, but I wanted to start with this topic that we brought up on our conference call this week with the, with the uh, site, and we were talking about Tyron Matthew, and I was wondering on the call, what would it take for Tyron Matthew to be a Ring of Honor guy? Because it feels like the city has rallied around him already. He's already delivered the Super Bowl. He's already been the guy that really changed the culture in that locker room and on that defense, him and Frank Clark. Would he have to finish his career in Kansas City? Would he need another ring? Is is there even a way for him to be a Ring of Honor guy? There's definitely a way. He's definitely on the outside looking in. He's only played, what, one year here? Come on now. But maybe he plays five more years he gets a couple more All-Pros, maybe two or three more first-team All-Pros, maybe a second here and there. If he gets an, a, a ring and he's still labeled the guy on the defense, I think it's a pretty good case. You know, maybe six years in Kansas City total. You got two-plus rings. You, you have three or four All-Pros. I think that would deserve a ring of honor in my mind. Yeah, so for me, it's just, he obviously cannot leave after this deal's over. He can't spend only two years in Kansas City, three years in Kansas City. But if he signs one extension and still plays at a high level the next couple years here, I think that he has a really good chance because I look at Ring of Honors and, and Team Hall of Fames of, of just how do you tell the story of the franchise? And you cannot tell the overhaul of that defense that that got them over the hump and got them the Super Bowl without bringing up the Honey Badger and without bringing up how him and Frank Clark and Spags changed that culture and that they went from, you know, a, a pushover defense to one that, you know, helped them win a Super Bowl. So I think that he has a better shot than, than some people think he does. But again, it's going to take another contract extension. I'll say this as far as playing the other side of it, is Alex Smith a Ring of Honor guy? See, that's really interesting because you can't tell a story, you know, yeah, without Alex Smith. I mean, the, the, the Chiefs were abysmal at quarterback. They couldn't find it. They had no stability. Alex Smith, you know, enters in and become a perennial playoff team. Is that not telling the story? Because if you, if you let Honey Badger in, wouldn't you have to say Alex Smith? Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's a good point. Uh, I, I think that Chiefs fans have really gotten a, a love and appreciation for Alex Smith, especially – in the last month or so after that E60 came out. But, you know, okay, I, I take away Honey Badger. Just ignore that. Would you consider Alex Smith right now today an, a, a Ring of Honor guy? Just forget about the Honey Badger argument we just had. Just only Alex Smith. I'm a massive Alex Smith supporter. I, I think he gets a completely bad rap. People forget about some of his. His last year in Kansas City, he put up some gaudy numbers. He was top, one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL that year. And people think, oh, he, he's just a check, check down guy. He was not towards the end of his time in Kansas City. Huge supporter. But I, I don't think he is. Uh, if they, if someone were to put them in the Ring of Honor, I, I don't think I would have a problem with it. But he's just not one of those guys that I'm gravitated towards. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. yes, you can't tell a story with Alex Smith, and yes, he got Kansas City from the turnover nonstop, the the Cleveland Browns at quarterback to becoming a perennial playoff team. But they never got over the hump. They never got deep in the playoffs, and I think that has to be at least a slight knock against him. So I have two questions about Alex Smith. Number one, 
what is your favorite Alex Smith moment in in Chiefs history? Because for me, it's that comeback against the Chargers. Which one? The Halloween night one? <laughs> uh, no, I, I think it was an early early in the season. I know it's an afternoon game. Uh, gosh, I can't remember like the exact date now, but uh, it, it was an afternoon game where they stormed back from like down twenty three against the Chargers, and uh, he ran off a huge comeback. But I, I, I should have you know looked up the exact date beforehand. But actually, I don't even think Alex Smith was the quarterback that Halloween. I don't even know who was quarterback in that Halloween game. Um, my favorite Alex Smith moment, man. Yeah, it was the week one game against the Chargers that, 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 that year. It's just so tough because the, my favorite moment, it's, it's probably not a single moment that stands out. I guess the moment that he came here because there was finally some buzz around having a – franchise quarterback having someone that you knew was going to be the guy you were done with the Tyler Palcos the the, uh, Brady Quinns you were done with uh, this could be something but you finally brought in someone well yes he had underperformed to an extent in San Francisco you at least brought in a name someone who has been there before and won some games so just the fact of him coming to Kansas City and turning this franchise uh, at least the quarterback position around I I think that's probably my favorite moment as, as a whole. So uh, it was week one, uh, September 11, 2016, whenever they came back and scored 24 uninterested points against the Chargers uh, in week one that year. That was an amazing game. That was, that's, that's my favorite Alex Smith game of all time right there. And the second question was, when, when, you, when you have a child, okay, and you're going to tell them all about the Chiefs, are you more likely to bring up Alex Smith or Tyron Matthew? realistically Alex Smith and nothing against Tyron Matthew, but I think it's because the quarterback position is just that important. And because I think Alex Smith, Alex Smith and Andy Reid, you can point to as a turnaround for Kansas city. I think that's where you Mm -hmm. see the progress in the turnaround happen. Yes. Tyron Matthew, you could probably say took him over the top, but when you bring up that team, you bring up Patrick Mahomes first. You may bring up Tyree Kill. You may bring up Travis Kelsey. You may bring up Frank Clark. There are other guys that you can point to for the turnaround, or to take him over the top, I should say. Alex Smith was the one guy you point to, him and Andy Reid, as uh, the initial turnaround. And I think that it's even bigger for you know our demographic of, I mean, who, who he's the second-best quarterback of our lifetime, only passed by Patrick Mahomes, who's the best quarterback to ever play the game. So, I mean... In, in Chiefs in Chiefs history, he's the second best quarterback of our lifetime. So I, I think that well, we'd we'd be a lot more biased towards him. You got him over Trent Green. Oh yeah, just for okay. just for my money. That's fine. You know what? You know when you're a kid and you sometimes put athletes, you think that they may be better than they really are, just because you're a kid and you see a couple crazy things that they do and you hold them to this high standard. I always think of like the 13-3 and three chief with Trent Green with that explosive offense. So I, I feel like I could be a little bit biased in that, in that um, ranking right there. Yeah, I mean, as a 22-year-old, Alex Smith is, is the guy for me at quarterback for the Chiefs. Uh, but I have players like that, too. I mean, Jerry Stackhouse is, is nobody, but he's one of my favorite basketball players of all time. Him, Michael <laughs> Finley, you know, those guys on the mass back That's then, I mean, th- those yeah. are my guys. I mean, so, you know, you look back on them now with, with – the, the privilege of being older and understanding the context more. Jerry Stackhouse was fine, but but I thought he was the man back in the day, you know, <laughs> way back when. But 
you know, we all have those kind of guys. So I thought that was an interesting conversation to have. Is just should Honey Badger be in the Ring of Honor because he's doing that the radiothon and, and the city's really backed him and supported him since he's been here. He's got the Super Bowl. He's changed the culture. And I think it's just too early to tell right now because we, we're not sure how long he'll be in Kansas City. If you had to guess right now, do you think he signs an extension or do you think that after this contract's over, he's gone? I think right now, he if if I was placing my money, I think he signs his extension. I think he's bought completely in to Kansas City, to Chiefs Kingdom. I think he thrives with the passion that Kansas City brings. Uh, he's he's the man here. He he is one of the guys that has captured and and just captivated all of Kansas City. I think he would not want to give that up. And I'm I'm. Going off the rundown here, so no one at home get mad at Sterling because I'm just throwing a curveball at him right here. Has there ever been a player like like Tyron Matthew, though? Like He's never been bad at any stop, but he couldn't latch on until, what, his third team? I mean, Cardinals, Houston, and now Kansas City finally latches on and finally becomes the guy. He's never been bad anywhere, though. He's always been a great safety. I, I just wonder what is different about Kansas City and, and how he's been able to get molded here. I mean, I guess it's the coaching staff and the culture, uh, but it's interesting to me that like it took until now for him to really click and, and on the off-the-field sort of stuff to get to buy in and everything like that. I, I think the NFL is the one sport that's a little different in that aspect because I think we do see it slightly more often. I think Jadavian Clowney is a similar example. We've not seen him really latch on to a team organization yet but we know the talent's there we know he it's undeniable but for some reason he hasn't been able to latch on I think just off the top of my head he he just came to mind but I feel like the NFL has a decent amount of these guys that may be you know top five at the at the position but they just don't buy into the to the organization or the team or to the city so you had a great idea before we started the show to start a series here as we're waiting for, you know, news to break. And it obviously hurts content in the sense of there's no OTAs to cover. There's no, you know, training camp yet to cover. So you had the idea to have a breakdown player series of just, you know, who who would break out this year? Who are we projecting to break out? And I'm going to let you take the first one. We're going to start with the D-line. Who is your breakout guy on that defensive line? So for me, TK. Tano Passanio, I think that his versatility and towards the end of the season, with all of the injuries piling up, he stepped up multiple times and came through. Yes, teams weren't focused in on TK. They had Chris Jones and Frank Clark to deal with, but that's the same this year. For all all accounts, Chris Jones is going to be playing this upcoming season along with Frank Clark. TK is going to have the same opportunities, and I think if he gets the confidence rolling that, you know what, I can beat my man one-on-one, I think he could explode this season. So he was going to be my answer to, you know, I, I, I think that he has just the, I think he has the talent to do it. I think he has, you know, the, the physicality to do it. I think he has everything that you need to be a good defensive lineman, plus, as you mentioned, he also has Frank Clark and Chris Jones taking all the attention off of him. But to throw another name out there, I really do believe that that Taco Charlton could be a breakout can- a breakout candidate this year because you know he he's a first round talent. He does show flashes if you go and look at him. You know, on the few plays he made in Dallas and a couple of plays he made in Miami, he shows flashes of being a good defensive lineman, of being a good pass rusher. But 
now he has a security of Spag system, which you know has a ton of blitzes and and things that can help free Taco Charlton as well as of course Chris Jones and Frank Clark. I'm not as high at, on Taco as I am Ricky Seals Jones. And those of you who've been looking at the show, you know how high I'm high I am on Ricky Seals Jones, but. I am very high on Taco being a breakout candidate due to the the factors around him. I mean, any time that you're not going to be the main focus on the defensive line, then your production level should go up. I think Derek Nottie is not quite in that because Derek <clears throat> Nottie can maybe say his breakout season was last year because he was thrust into a prevalent role. Uh, I also think that... Colin Saunders, I, I, I think he is going to be an absolute beast in the NFL, but I think his development may be uh, a year or two still away going from the FCS. He did show some glimpses last year. He held his own from preseason to the start of the season to the end of the year. Colin Saunders grew a ton, but I, I still think TK has is this year to where he takes that next step. The guy who I am completely – I feel bad for, honestly, is Breland Speaks. I think Breland Speaks is actually going to miss the roster this year. The only thing in his favor is the rookie contract. And if for some reason some team comes in and tries to trade for Alex Okafor, they, then maybe the Chiefs do that to, to save some money. But with the signing of Michael Dana, with Taco Charlton coming in, you know, the writing's on the wall. This is a deep D-line and. Brilliant Speaks just has not shown enough the ability to stay healthy or perform. Again, bad system, but I think Breland is on the uh, outside looking in. Were you ever a Breland Speaks guy? Because I, from draft day, I didn't like the pick. Did you ever like his talent or anything like that? No, but I, I'm not going to sit here and say I was you know, pissed off that Breland Speaks. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, to me, I was like, it's fine. I didn't understand the trade-up, but I was like, you know... I'm not a GM, <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll trust Brett Veach. I, I didn't do a deep dive on Breland Speaks in college or anything like that, so I didn't know a ton, but looking back now, obviously, it's, it's not been a, uh, a solid pick. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I followed him in college because he just played in the SEC, so I always was watching him, and, I, and I, I never thought that he would be this bad, where you're playing in 16, you know, only 16 games in your entire career, and you're about to get cut, you made what, you know, 15 or something tackles, I mean, your career. I, I didn't think it'd be this bad. I just didn't like the pick at the time, especially, as you mentioned, the trade-up to get him. Uh, but, I mean, I, I just never saw a Breland Speaks, and I, I don't think many people did, though. I think that that was kind of universally decided of what you said. Just, you know, I don't get it, I don't understand it, but hey, if Brett Veach likes it, I guess that's fine, but I really don't understand it. I don't think anyone really bought into him as much, but I just want to get your take on, on him. And, you know... I just wonder if he ever plays again. I mean, would you take a flyer on Brilliant Speaks if you're some other team out there? Just oh, the age 100%. factor of 24? I mean, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, some other team is going to take a chance. I mean, Taco Charlton's on his third team. Again, it's a first-rounder. But, I mean, Brilliant Speaks is a second-rounder. I think teams realize he was in a bad system with Bob Sutton. If he is cleared medically, if he is healthy... Some team will take a chance on him. I would be completely surprised if his NFL career was done, but I would not be surprised if it's done in Kansas City. And you mentioned the the deep, you know, the deep room in the defensive line room. Also, Brendan Speaks against, going against him has a four game suspension coming up. I mean, he's not going to be ready to go until get week five. So, 
that also once you're on the roster bubble, plus you have suspensions and an injury, you know, an injury history too. These kind of start piling up on you, and, and you can easily find yourself on the chopping block. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. I mean, I obviously wish all of the best for Breland Speaks, and you know, I if he proves me wrong, makes the roster, and becomes an absolute stud, that'd be fantastic. I just, I just have trouble seeing it as of now. And, and just to present the other side of it, that that room, you know, that defensive line group is so deep. Plus, Spags is a great system for you know getting to the quarterback. If you put him in, you know, a, a, a front seven that features Chris Jones, Frank Clark, you know, throw Naughty in there, then you could see some production out of Brendan Speaks. I mean, he's not a total, you know, waste of space on that defensive line, but given the factors that will have to lead up to him making the 53-man roster and actually playing for the Chiefs, it just doesn't seem likely. I'm with you. Yeah, it, the, the drafting of Michael Dana was enough for me to be like, okay, I don't think they have a lot of faith in Breland Speaks. And then, obviously, the signing of Taco Charlton, to me, was the writing on the wall. Are you worried about a Super Bowl hangover? No, not at all. We've seen these guys rally around and, and, and just be so excited. From Patrick Mahomes studying so quickly after to Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, and Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark, and Trevarius Ward, all these guys buying in and saying, we're not done here. This is just the beginning. We're not done. This is we're, we're trying to build a dynasty. I think that right there proves to me that that's not going to be a Super Bowl hangover. The only problem, I think, is the, the offseason, which actually could be favoring Kansas City with all of this, you know, the returning players that they have. But that would be the only concern I have. Super Bowl hangover, no, that's not a worry for me. Yeah, I, I wrote that too about the offseason. I wrote that on AirHeadAct.com of, of just you know this team, of, of any team in the NFL – this team is built to withstand this offseason because you're turning 20 of your 22 starters. You are, you know, you're not having to implement, you know, a ton of new guys into your system, having to have them, you know, with a huge learning curve. I mean, you look at the Ravens, they made some overhauls on that defense, and that's great on paper. They look, they look tremendous on paper, but how does that look in actuality if we don't have a, a regular offseason to get these guys adjusted into your system? And as we know, Spags' defense is hard to adjust to, and if you were trying to overhaul a defense or overhaul that position group, even with Andy Reid's offense, and you don't have the time that you need to prepare, then I would be much more worried than I am right now of just kind of running it back with the same team, and that's kind of been the theme over the offseason is run it back. I I think that there's always going to be, you know, at least for the next couple years until we're really used to winning, of of some Chiefs fans just thinking, all right, when's the other shoe going to drop? It's the Chiefs. Something has to happen. Uh, but eventually, you're right, man. This is going to be a dynasty. And I've said that on this show before. This is going to be a dynasty. So let's just get used to winning right now and not live in the fear of that other shoe dropping. Because with Patrick Mahomes, it's not going to happen. I mean, it's just not. Well, the thing is, Kansas City has been winning for a long time. It, there's not been a real drought. Obviously, the playoffs is when the the shoe would drop. But as far as regular season success, Kansas City has had it for a while now. They've had the... The, the base set up. Now it's just going forward in the playoff success, and that's what's starting to happen. Having the best quarterback, not getting beat by the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, the Russell Wilsons, not, not, not getting beat by the better quarterback time and time again because now you have the best quarterback in the NFL. Now you have that in your favor. It just makes life so much easier, especially in a you know one-game scenario. 
a lot of times Chiefs may have had the better team overall, but they didn't have the better quarterback, and that's how you lose in a one-game winner go or a loser goes home. Now Kansas City has that advantage. Yeah, that's more so what I meant of just, I mean, obviously they're not the Redskins losing in the regular season every time you turn around, but there was always something happening. That was a side swipe with the Redskins, I'm sorry. But there was always something happening in the playoffs. You know, the, the Travis Kelsey concussion, the, the, you know, the, the self-touchdown pass. There's always a litany of things. The, the phantom holding call. I mean, you can go down the list, and that's just not what this team is anymore because they have the best quarterback to ever play the game. I'll say it again. They have the best head coach in the NFL, and you marry those two together, plus with the pieces around them, find me a matchup where you're not favoring the Chiefs. I mean, I can't find one where I wouldn't go into that game saying, hey, this is going to be a game that the Chiefs should win. I mean, the Ravens are a great team, and they could very well beat the Chiefs in any on any day, on any week, on any playing surface, but I still like Mahomes. I still like Andy Reid to get it done. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. And you couldn't always say that in Kansas City, even though Alex Smith was clicking. There was always that fear of, okay, it's Tom Brady, Alex Smith. It's it's whoever Alex Smith. I mean, this team, as you mentioned, the, the quarterback changes everything. And I just cannot wait to continue to watch Patrick Mahomes' career. It's going to be, uh, I mean, I just think unbelievable. Maybe never before seen. You know, Tom Brady's done a lot in his career. Maybe the rings may not add up, but when you have the talent that Patrick has and, and doing things that it's seeming, seemingly no quarterback has done, you just got to sit back and enjoy this. Yeah, I mean, this, this is never-before-seen stuff. You're right. I mean, this this is amazing. Take yourself even out of the Chiefs' prism of things. When have you ever seen a quarterback look, throw, and play the way Mahomes has? We're, I mean, even he's even better than early day in prime Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's making these incredible left-handed passes, no-look passes. I mean, you know the, the, the highlight reels here. And it's only been two years of him starting, and we're already saying, I mean, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, As a starter, just... he's never gone worse than the AFC title game. <laughs> it's just unreal, man. It's just... It puts a smile on your face growing up in Kansas City, being a Chiefs fan all your life, and this is what you finally get to uh, get to experience. It's just, just fun. And that's what's also sweet about this is that, like, yeah, we are like super high on him because you know, you go from watching Brady Quinn and Brody Coyle and and all these other quarterbacks to watching Patrick Mahomes. But it's not like the rest of the nation isn't watching this as well. Like, for example, if, you, if you're watching Luka, you know, with the Mavs, and, and you're just super high on him, and yeah, he gets a ton of attention. Yeah, he's a really good player. Consensus, you know, there's a consensus around the league that he's a great player. But he's not put up on the best player in the NBA. Now, not only are we doing that with Patrick Mahomes, everyone's doing that with Mahomes. Everyone's saying he's, he's one of the best players or the, the best player in the NFL. And I think that... You know, if there's ever going to be a star, I read about this as well on AirheadAct.com, if there's ever going to be a star in the NFL that matches what Jordan did, that, that matches the the overall brand of Michael Jordan, where you're selling shoes, you're selling merchandise, you're selling everything, a lifestyle, it's going to have to be Mahomes. If he cannot do it, no one can. Good point. I love that. Because, I mean, you think about it, in Kansas City, you'll buy anything that says Mahomes on it. I mean, it can just say the word Mahomes across the chest. You'll buy it. Even if it's in Mizzou colors and you're a Kansas fan, you'll buy it. Well, I'm, I am a Mizzou fan, so that helps me out. I would buy it. You're, <laughs> you're correct there. But, I mean, nationally, too. I mean, he has the look. 
He has the personality. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, great player, but there's a large subsection of fans that think he's a jerk. No one thinks that about Mahomes. Everyone and their yeah, mother no. loves Patrick Mahomes. Very good point. I mean, he's beloved, kind of like Drew Brees in a way. I think Drew Brees is also beloved around the NFL. I don't think anyone's hating on Drew Brees. I mean, people hate on Tom Brady. People hate on Aaron Rodgers. Not many people hate on Deshaun Lamar. Uh, I mean, people hate Lamar Jackson. Those people, I just think, are absurdly crazy for that. Uh, Russell Wilson. I mean, the new quarterback landscape, though, as a whole, is it's funny. It's players who seemingly have great backgrounds, players who are nice guys. And I think the whole NFL is in extremely good hands right now. And you know, it's crazy to say this because we do sound like homers whenever I say this, but Mahomes has the perfect mix of, of personality to be a star. He's not over-the-top corny as Russell Wilson, where every interview says, Go Hawks, and like he's just making you know, jokes and, and being a cornball. He's also not someone who just is diplomatic and says the right things and doesn't say anything with Drew Brees. And he's not a jerk like Aaron Rodgers. He is everything that you would want to build a brand around. So if he cannot transcend football and make it a brand and make it, you know, a personalized brand, then I think that the dream of players ever doing that in the NFL is dead. If he yeah, cannot no. create shoes, create merchandise that everyone gobbles up, then no NFL athlete can. You are a hundred percent correct. I think, I, I think you hit it right there. NBA kind of has an individuality. The NFL is not quite there to that extent. And if he can't do it, I, I just can't see it happening in the NFL. I mean, the Chiefs, as you said, have been winning for a long time in the regular season, but how many outfits do you remember from Michael Hardman and Patrick Mahomes this year compared to outfits you remember Alex Smith wearing? I mean, the the, the hoodie with uh, Lynn Dawson on it, I mean, that was, um, that was awesome. You know, that picture before the game was awesome. There were so many moments you can remember off the field leading up to the game with, the, with these two guys and with, with this group of Chiefs that you can't remember. So I think the NFL is trying to to switch that way into getting player brands the same way that you can go buy Paul George shoes. I mean, Paul George isn't even one of the top 10 players in the league and he has his own shoe. If the NFL can't get to that level with their best player, then that's really concerning to me. I actually use Paul George shoes. Fun fact. Oh, they're great shoes. They're great shoes, but he's nowhere near the stardom that Mahomes is. And he gets his own shoes. He has like 15 you know, personalized shoes. He has the PS4 shoes, the NASA shoes. I mean, he has all these shoes. He's not even a top 10 player. The the difference is the NFL and Mahomes, for that matter, if, if they want to make it more of a national brand, you're not going to do just NFL shoes. You're not going to do just football shoes, I mean. Because basketball shoes you can wear playing basketball or just lounging around. You're not, No dude's picking up a pair of NFL football cleats and rocking those around the house. I yeah, and so that's where that's where the Chiefs and the Homes and everyone, yeah, they'd have to switch it over to like a lifestyle brand. Like no one's gonna go, you know, to LA Fitness wearing Jordan ones. They're gonna go to the club wearing Jordan ones. So like those are more so of a of a lifestyle shoe now. They obviously could they could make cleats, of course. I mean, Cam Newton has cleats, you know, and I'm not sure how popular they are amongst football players, but he has his own cleats. But you know, Mahomes can make himself a lifestyle brand if he wants to. I think. Yeah. I mean, we're I'm, already I'm selling you. stuff on, on, on Bleacher Report and Charlie Hustle and, and other outlets that sell his likeness anyway, and we're buying it and wearing it and, and, and using it as fashion items that just have his likeness on it. So why can't Mahomes do that and then turn into a brand with Adidas and, and do things like that? He should. <laughs> He's in ketchup commercials, too. I mean, 
hey, gotta love him. And, and I, I'm so glad that he is a ketchup guy because I'm a huge ketchup guy. And there's always a stigma around ketchup, like, oh, what are you, a child? You're using ketchup? Well, no, Mahomes uses ketchup, buddy. So I'm fine now. I feel validated. Uh, that's that the one. Uses that's the one thing that I don't like is that he uses ketchup. I, I, I am a. I am against ketchup. I, I am. Mu- you, you need about three things. You need mustard, barbecue sauce. I'll go with ranch. I think ranch is more. Uh, I like blue cheese better, but I think ranch you can put on more things. You only really need three sauces. Ketchup's See, not one. I, I like honey mustard. I don't like regular regular mustard. I love ketchup. You know, you can put ketchup on fries, burgers. Anything you need to, hot dogs, anything you need to. I do like honey mustard. Yeah, you know that, that there's not much else that you need condiments wise, but I am a big ketchup guy. You can guy, put barbecue so. sauce on anything. Why would I use ketchup and barbecue sauce? Is the Billy Butler good. barbecue sauce? Do you I still can have put one it on of those? The same stuff. You still have Billy Butler barbecue sauce? <laughs> no. <laughs> Gates, baby. Gates extra hot or the Oklahoma Joe's not of the living dead sauce. Both those. Oh, perfecto. I wonder if the Royals even still have Billy Butler barbecue sauce. Like, if, is there some room in the Kaufman that just has you know, a, a gluttony of Billy Butler sauce? Did you ever try that? I never did. I know. I'm, I'm, I wish I would have. I mean, it has to be good. I mean, if, if, you're, if your nickname is Country Breakfast, you got to have some good sauces. I, I trust your food judgment. Yeah, I, if there's anyone I trust to taste test the sauce and put their brand on it, it's Billy Butler. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a lock of going to be a good sauce. So the Rams released new uniforms, and I want to get your initial reaction to it, because mine, I glanced at it, okay? Now, mind you, I, I, I got the notification, woke up, checked it, glanced at it, and I was like, ah, these aren't that bad. And then I get on Twitter, and everyone is crucifying them. So I'm like, wait a second, the Snapchat, you know, like the little box that that Bleach Report gives you whenever you just hold it and, you know, look at the notification and, like, it pops up the image. It didn't look that bad. So then I go back and analyze it and, yeah, they're pretty bad. It's terrible. They're they're by far... By the way, the Rams have had really good uniforms for pretty much their entire history, you know? If they would have gone back to the best show on turf, the the St. Louis ones, I think everyone would have been extremely happy. But no, they go... They, it looks like you get it at TJ Maxx. TJ Maxx has way better jerseys, <laughs> just random stuff, you know? Then they have these bubble lettering that looks like a kid put them on. They have a little ad patch that says Los Angeles Rams, which is just waiting to get bought up by a ad company. They look like they're off-brand L.A. Chargers uniforms to begin with. They have gradients, which don't work well at all. No one can make gradients look good, so stop it. They are literally the worst jerseys in the NFL bar none. I think I would take those, you know, terrible Steelers jerseys, those mustard ones, the Bumblebee-looking looking guys. <laughs> I would take those jerseys before I would rock these new Rams jerseys. I'm so glad to hear you say what you just said. They look like a jersey that you find at TJ Maxx. I'm glad I'm not the only one that uses that analogy because there's a ton of jerseys that I compare that to. The most notably being that, you know, I don't know if you remember, but the Thunder used to have this navy jersey that had Thunder written you know, vertically down the side of it. That looked like something that you would get as an off-brand jersey at JCPenney's whenever you just wanted like a $20 jersey to throw on. 
I'm so glad someone else realizes that that's what stores like JCPenney's and TJ Maxx do. And this looks exactly like that. Like, it looks like an off-brand jersey that just has the Rams kind of look to it. And there you go. You get a nice little jersey for like 20 bucks at TJ Maxx. They don't even have the Rams feel to it. It's a Chargers feel to it. And you also hit the nail on the head with the throwbacks. Rock the jerseys you had been rocking. The the beautiful blue with the gold and do that with the helmet as well. That would have been so much better than what you did, which is like this weird shiny numbers. And I do wonder how much those players actually like it. Because like I know that they have that video of like the players wearing them around the house. That's obviously just what they have to do. But those just are ugly looking to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't understand. The Rams are doing everything in their power to be second best in the city. They're doing everything in their power to somehow because pr- the Chargers came out with jerseys, the new ones, and the Chargers ones. We, I we think praised them. Fire! Yeah, they look amazing. They're all, every Crazy. single one of their combos look amazing. Chargers have like seven fans, and they get these beautiful jerseys. And now Rams, they get nothing. I guess shit. It's I just, I just don't understand it, man. It's crazy. It's it's a terrible looking jersey, and and also on the Chargers, how do they have so many helmets? I mean, I thought that the league had like this rule where you can only have one helmet per year until next year, but whatever the case may be, there. But you're right. I mean, the the Rams had such a head start in marketing LA and winning in LA and getting fans in LA. And it just feels like they're just trying to, you know, just throw it all away. I mean, just give it all away. With each move, their new logo was criticized. Their new uniform is criticized. Their team is criticized because you have to give up Todd Gurley. And, you know, you didn't build your team the right way. It just feels like they're throwing all that goodwill away in L.A. Yeah, it's... <laughs> you know what? Chiefs fan, I don't mind. But it's just crazy to me, man. It's just unbelievable. So the last topic of the day I want to bring up is Joe Buck... He's been very awesome on social media with his time during quarantine, and he appears on almost every show, and just as unfiltered as can be. And he says that Fox will absolutely add in crowd noise to the TV broadcast if there are no fans in the stands. The first question I have for you, Sterling, do you think that we'll have fans come September 10th? No. I don't think there'll be fans that early. I I just can't see it happening maybe they'll have some you know maybe you'll be able to allow like 10,000 or so in you know socially distanced I would just be very surprised to me adding a crowd noise seems like you add a laugh track on those bad shows back in the day you know (laughs) no one actually thinks they're a good idea I don't know I it, it doesn't bother me, I guess, too much, depending on how it's done. It's just going to be weird because if you can see the stadium and see the empty seats, but then there's still noise, I feel like your your, your brain's going to have a little uh, short circuit. So there's a lot of ways to, to go with this. First of all, I don't think that there's any chance that we'll be able to pack Arrowhead Stadium on September 10th. I mean, you look at all these other leagues, MLB, NBA, that are saying, hey, we're preparing to not have fans for half of next year. I mean, the NBA is thinking that even if they start on Christmas, they won't be able to have fans at the start of the year. So I don't think that there's any way that we can go to Banner Night and pack Arrowhead Stadium, sell it out, tailgate, do all of our normal stuff. So with Fox doing the crowd noise, it is corny, it is weird, it is silly, especially when we see the crowd you know, being empty. Uh, but they do need to compensate for the field mic so you don't hear F-bombs every time you turn around. And I do wonder if this will be played 
inside the stadium as well. And I do want to know how this goes for all sports. I mean, are they going to have a defense chant, you know, plugged into Arrowhead or the chop sound plugged into Arrowhead? Are they going to do that, you know, for the Chiefs and, you know, for your home games with other various items, the skull clap in Minnesota? Or are they just going to play in silence or are they going to play with some music? I mean, what are they going to do if there's no fans there? What would you do if you were in charge? You were the VP of communications with the Chiefs. What would you advise the Chiefs to do? I would probably ask the players first and foremost, what do, you, what do they want? Because when it comes down to it, you want home field advantage. And if the players say, you know what, we want music. We, we want music. We want whoever it is. We want Tom Petty. We want Tech 9. It doesn't matter. You, you, you take a vote. If that's what they want, play that. If they want crowd noise implemented in for them, Put that in there. If they want silence, put that in for them. Because to me, what it comes down to is you want home field advantage. You want to make these players feel as normal as possible. You got to go with whatever they say. So, yeah, with, with Fox, I think it's more so just the, the, the field mic. You know, you don't want to be picking up on every single cuss word that's said. And I'm sure they're going to do this for every sport because, again, every sport's going to have cussing in it. And you don't want to have to watch a game on a 20-second delay. Although, I mean... Who cares if no one's there to live tweet it and no one's there to spoil it for you? But if that's the case, though, you would have to hear a random cutout in sound every five seconds, which is not ideal at all. Uh, but I, I don't think that there's a good answer for this. I think that it's, you're right. It's just personal preference. What do you want to do? I can see where Joe Buck might feel more comfortable calling games with crowd noise because, trust me, as someone that, that does play, play for high school sports in Oklahoma – if there's no, you know, there's no crowds there, it does sound pretty weird that you're just in a silent press box and you're just screaming about some touchdown and there's no atmosphere around you because there's like 20 fans in the stands watching 6A high school football, you know, in Oklahoma. But you know, I can see where he'd feel more comfortable with it, with the crowd was piped in. And again, the the production side of not having every cuss word ever, you know, illustrated on the TV. But personally, I would rather just have the sounds of the game. Uh, or whatever the players want. I mean, if they want the chop played for every third down like normal, if <laughs> but do they do they start pumping up the crowd? You know, up to the press box, of the guy controlling the slider. Do they start saying, "Hey, make it louder, make it louder for us right now on third down." <laughs> I, I mean, is that just out of habit at this point? We're just like pumping up the crowd after every big sack, even though do, there's no one there. Think, do you think John Elway would still be Charmin Ultra Soft and not snap the ball? Do you think that he, at this point he would just turn around to the ref and say, hey, turn it down, turn it down? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, you, you think John Elliott would just, would just be Charmin Ultrasoft, dude? He'd be like, I'm not snapping the ball until they turn down the implemented crowd noise. I, I, <laughs> that would be awesome if a player actually did that. Like, whoa, this is not what we agreed to in the CBA. We said that it couldn't go over a certain decibel level of the piped-in crowd noise. That would be awesome. Like, that would be such a meme for, like, the next 20 years. Like, do you remember the time that Russell Wilson said that it was too loud in Arrowhead? Whenever no one was there? They'd print out it t-shirts, loud. the loudest stadium with no fans. It, it may, Chargers may be louder. Let's be real. That, that, that's very true, especially whenever they're actually on defense, because normally they're extremely loud for Chiefs fans filling up the arena. <laughs> I must feel bad for Chargers fans. Also, like, I, I, you almost like feel bad. It's like the little brother... You know, you're like, yeah, I don't like you, but you just feel a little bad. I feel that's how I feel about Chargers. Let me ask you this: Do you feel bad for KU football? 
You cut out there. Man, I can't hear you. Do you feel bad for KU football? No. No, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That'd be me like saying I feel bad about the Broncos or the Raiders. No, that's not happening. Oh, man. Are you excited that the border war is back? Oh, 100%, man. I can't wait for the border war. Basketball, football, I think it's good for both programs. I think it'll be fun. You get some of that animosity back. You get some of that rivalry that was somewhat lost, I think, back. Which, again, yeah, I don't like Kansas. And I know Kansas fans don't like Missouri. But it's just still fun. You can't tell me that playing against I – don't, I don't care who you're playing. Some random – playing against – Dayton's good, so I don't want to say Dayton. But, you know, just a random Colorado State. Would you rather play against Colorado State or Missouri in a non-conference game? Exactly. You want to play against Missouri. It's more fun. So I think that's where I'm at. I think it's fun for both programs, fun for both fans, and probably bring some revenue to Kansas City. Real quick, i got to do this to you as payback for last week whenever we talked about the Mavs and heartbreak with the NBA. Thomas Robinson. <laughs> What do you think whenever I say that? Uh, I, I think it was a foul. <laughs> that, that ought to get Twitter going. And you can find him on Twitter at HomestretchKC. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. And even as someone who supports Kansas, I do think that was a foul. I do think that was a foul. Thank you. Thank you. It was a complete foul. So homework for the fans at home listening Go ahead and tweet us literally any Chiefs-related thought that you have in your mind this week. Just anything, because we are we need something to take and run with and have conversation with on the next show. So again, Sterling's on Twitter at HomestretchKC. I am on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Sterling, do you have anything in the works, anything coming out soon you know, on the radio or on AirheadAct.com? Anything you want to talk about? Yeah, I, uh, I have an article coming out uh, pretty soon. It's ranking the AFC West rivals with Kansas City, a.k.a. the Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders, giving a little bit of a backstory on why I feel which one is the biggest rivalry. Uh, rivalry. And then I also will be putting out an article on the top five biggest losers for Kansas City, the players that after the NFL draft, after some of this free agency, which players may be losing either their playing time or their roster spot. Awesome. Cannot wait for that again. Airheadact.com is where you can find that, and I'm sure that you'll be tweeting it out at HomestretchKC on Twitter. I know you can't wait to get back to your to your show every day once quarantine's over, so that's where you can find him and his show as HomestretchKC. Again, I'm Ryland Styles at Ryland underscore Styles on Twitter, and we'll see you next week on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Be good, and be good to one another. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.